Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of Compass Thoughts, uh, the official podcast of Belmont Assembly of God. My name is Pastor Joey Silva, and I have the luxury of hanging with two young studs with some fresh-looking kicks on them today. Uh, I have uh, Josh Heinzman, a legend in the state of Illinois, <laughs> a man that I have known since he was a young pup, and uh, he brought his friend Hans, Hans Fate. We're just going to pretend it's spelled F-A-T-E, even though it's spelled differently. And so uh, last week, just to give you guys a recap, in case you didn't listen to our episode, we had the luxury of speaking with Todd Lucas, director of Chi Alpha. And we spent a lot of time talking about Gen Z and the next generation. And I was thinking about it over the week, and I thought, you know, as much as Todd and I work with that generation, we still are two guys in their late 30s, early 40s talking about a couple generations later, how cool would it be to get two people who are actually Gen Zers to give us their perspective? And so Josh and Hans are both students at Evangel University in Missouri, um, which is a Bible college of the Assemblies of God. And uh, they are in the city hanging out with me for the day, trying to get chunky and, and happy. And so we thought, hey, before we go hit the town, why don't we record a podcast? And so I'd love to hear your guys' perspective on Gen Z, the church, how things are looking from, from your eyes, and what you see the future being. So before we jump into that, uh, just to make our audience a little bit familiar with you and your way of thinking, got a couple of icebreakers. Now, Hans, uh, you told us you're from the East Coast, right? You're from, uh, yes, sir. you know, I feel like the East Coast is all-encompassing, especially when you talk about the Boston area. Uh, it's all of Maryland, basically. It's not just like the city of Boston. Yeah, I think one of the things is there that's so different from the Midwest is that all the states there are so small and all the cities are so close together. So, you know, you can drive from Baltimore to Philadelphia in under two hours where, wow. you know, we just drove from Peoria and it took us like almost almost three. And so, yeah, so it's just that's kind of the different dynamic there. Everything's kind of so on top of each other. Is the rivalry with the cities bigger when it comes to sports? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Because and there's a lot of big old-time uh sports markets over there. So my, my dad's from Boston. So obviously I love Boston, but also I have a shirt that say Yankees suck on it. And so it's just kind of um, <laughs> little balance. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. And you're big. at Evangel studying what? Nursing. Yeah. I'm studying nursing. I'm a, I'm a sophomore by credit. And so I'm super excited for what the Lord has in store for me. So. Awesome. And you're also in the military, I heard? Yep, yeah. I'm in, I'm in the Missouri National Guard. I joined that about two years ago. And so yeah, I've loved every minute of it. And so presented some great opportunities. So. Is there a correlation with the two, with medical and the National Guard or is um, National Guard? Not as of now, but hopefully after I graduate and once I can get a bachelor's in nursing, um, hopefully there can be some correlation. I can actually be a nurse in the Army. So oh, yeah, those are the well, aspirations. So Thank you for your service, Hans. We appreciate you, brother. And then Josh, like I mentioned, you're a legend in this state. Your father, former DYD, former a staff member in our district, and now a senior pastor in our yeah. fellowship. Yeah. And so I think I got to know you when you were literally like six or eight, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, and so you're, you're much taller now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I know, speaking of sports, your sports view has always been messed up. Um, you know, you're a Colts fan. <laughs> you think LeBron is better than Jordan. Tell me how you got so confused in life. Uh, you see, I grew up reading books and growing up in a generation that actually knows things. So. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. We don't just Amen. look to see, oh, who was first and they're the best. It's actually who's playing better and who, who is actually wow. the overall best team. And You're so, all about facts. Yeah, yeah. So here's, here's your 20-second argument. Why do you think LeBron's better than Jordan? All major stats LeBron basically leads in other than, I mean, scoring LeBron, assists, rebounds LeBron. They all, they all belong to him. Um, people say that it took LeBron longer to 
past Jordan's scoring. Well, he did it on a lot less shot, shot attempts. Uh, Jordan, he had a shorter three-point line for two or three seasons. LeBron didn't. So I just feel like LeBron, I mean, I think he's a better passer um, and like obviously better rebounding just with those two. But then when it comes to scoring people, I will say Jordan's probably the better scorer overall. Sure. But still, LeBron, I say, is like LeBron is the best player all around, the best player to ever touch a basketball. Hans, you agree with this? He does. Um, I do agree with this, but I do think it's funny that we're both wearing Michael Jordan shoes now. So. Ironic. <laughs> Ironic. Yeah. Which, thank you for that. Uh, the crowd, yeah, the people like listening say, don't man. really know that, so yeah. that's You're debatable. not wearing LeBron's, you're yeah. wearing Jordan's. It's Remember whose icon you're rocking. People which, listening to this don't listen. I'm actually not. Le- shoeless right now. Le- <laughs> Le- <laughs> I think this lends to the conversation I want to have with you guys today because I think a lot of times with intergenerational conversations, it can be the argument of who is better and this guy's better than that guy, as opposed to just sitting back and saying, man, I appreciate this game. I appreciate this player. Like, regardless of, you know, you're never going to be able to compare different eras because they never played against each other. It's all hypothetical. And so instead of that, I think too many people in in the midst of arguing never sit back and go, wow, look at what I'm watching. And what I have up on both of you is I've gotten to see both and I got to watch both. And to me, that's the win. You know, that's the fact that, man, I got to see both those players play in their prime and to watch both of them win championships. Obviously, I saw LeBron lose a lot more championships because Jordan never did. Uh, but just watching Lost them, to Detroit a lot. <laughs> just watching them has been a lot of fun. And so I, I bring that up in the spirit of conversation to say, hey, instead of bashing on, because every generation, I think, tends to bash on the next generation <laughs> and tends to laugh at it. And even, you know, upwards, Gen Z and, and millennials like to make fun of how people used to dress and how people used to wear, which, by the way, the irony is that you guys are all wearing stuff from the 90s now yep. uh, that we used to wear. Literally, you're wearing a Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> it all um, comes back. And so it all just comes back a generation or two later. So let me ask you guys a couple of things with that. When it comes to generations ahead of you, what are some of your biggest frustrations uh, culturally and then when it comes to the church? And either one of you, just let me know uh, who wants to step in. You can answer that. Some of your biggest frustrations from the previous generation, either culturally and with the church. Uh, Personally, one thing for me is, so currently... Uh, I'm reading a book. I won't address what book it is just because I don't find it very favorable. Uh, but uh, throughout the book, uh, it tends to seem like they're, the author is ripping on the next generation, kind of like what you said. Yeah. Uh, kind of uh, pulling us down, saying like, this is what was right with the last generation. This is what we can learn from them. This is what you can learn from us. But then like he'll turn around and be like, but this generation, like my current generation is like, they're like they're missing this, they're missing this, they're missing this. And I'm not saying that's not right. Obviously, we're not perfect. Obviously, sure. we definitely have our problems. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, I mean, we all have our problems. Like they definitely went through their own things. Um, and so I feel like it's a lot more of pointing the finger. Instead um, of the and, thumb. Yeah. Giving us, like giving us a lot harder time and expecting us to give them grace in it at the same time. While what are What are some of those things brought up that you feel like, that's just the misconception or a, an overgeneralization. Um, I feel like they, I feel like the the previous generations call ours very lazy at times. I've and, heard that. Um, I think 
for some people that can be true. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like we're in a stage of technology and a stage of like advancements in the world where we don't necessarily have to work as hard as the previous generations did, which I mean, it's awesome what they did. But at the same time, we can work smarter. We can work with what we have and further technology and education in certain ways that we don't have to necessarily do the same things or work as hard in the same ways. And we can do the same thing to the same efficiency or higher yeah. um, without having to do a whole list of things. Sure. No, I agree. I think sometimes previous generations tend to feel like, well, I paid my dues this way. And so you got to earn it this way. And, and you're more saying, well, why do I, you did the hard work so that I don't have to do the hard work. Yeah. You walk so I could run. Yeah. It's and a, I would it's be a culture mad that you're running everywhere. Yeah. It's a culture of adapting and changing with time. Like, all right, that's how you did it. Now it's time to take a step forward and keep going. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be done differently. Yeah. Awesome. Hans, what do you think? Any yeah, thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, I would say the, where the disconnect lies is because, um, is because things are done now so much different. We're just such a different era of, just like Josh said, um, technology. Just at a totally different place than it has been before, even in the past five to 10 years. You know, just look at how much some of the most basic, like our iPhones have changed, you know, uh, headphones, like how just the most basic of things now um, have changed. And I think that's kind of where the disconnect lies is where we can, like when COVID hit, like and everything goes online, like we're, how we're able to do that. And so- And adapt. And adapt to that. And so I think that's where the biggest disconnect of this generation lies is um, we, we may, in some areas, we may work as hard, but we may, we may be on a computer as opposed to, you know, out, out digging or doing something physically sure. as opposed to like doing something virtually. I think that's kind of where the, the, the previous generation did stuff more physical as far as working and doing things like that, where now we're able to do it virtually. And I think that's kind of where they, um, where there kind of might be the disconnect there. Yeah. Well, even just as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about you and the military and the nature of the military is adapted. It's, it's you know, we're going to come a time where, you know, we're, the Air Force, for example, is going to be all unmanned Air Force, right? It's going to be drones. It's going to be, you know, unpiloted airplanes because it just makes more sense. Why risk a life when you could just send technologically the same thing? And so I love that that you guys bring that up. Now, let me kind of play devil's advocate for a second on this. Do you guys feel like because you're so adept, I mean, your generation has literally never lived without an iPhone. The iPhone came out the year you were born. You've never been without one. So with your adaptability, my one-year-old pushes the TV because she thinks the buttons are going to swipe like on the iPad, right? So do you think your adaptability and, and just um, nuance to technology at sometimes breeds a little bit of arrogance or cockiness to think I'm smarter than you um, simply because your intelligence lies in that zone. What do you guys think? I'd say absolutely. 100%. This is, this is in, so our generation is a arrogant generation, hands down. I mean, we'll just sure. come out and say it. Um, and I think <laughs> as it, arrogantly as you can. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and I think, and the, the biggest, one of the biggest reasons for that is just because of how much we're able to do, how much we're able to accomplish, you know, we're walking around with, with computers in our pockets. And so, um, with how much we're able to also I'll put in quotes, accomplish and get done. Um, it definitely becomes, it comes across as arrogant now. And I think social media now has made everybody famous in their own way. Yeah, and that's, and that's extra. another, and that's another thing that the previous generation didn't, um, didn't, didn't have. And so it's just, it's just another thing that applies to the differences be between us. Um, and that's definitely one of the, one of the downfalls of, of having all the technology and such. Yeah. I mean, 
for me, I think it also comes in the arrogance in the, the sense of like, sometimes we feel like the past generations don't necessarily like us, mm-hmm. like just kind of like this whole thing. And so in a way our, our arrogance begins to take over and instead of showing them grace and trying to grow and yeah. like trying to make the difference and like, yeah, I don't like you for that relationship. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, fine. You don't have to like me. I don't like you. Yeah. And so then it's just like, it just pushes it further and further away. So, I mean, like, yes, I feel like the, there are times when the previous generations like trash us at times, but also like our generation is not doing a good job at trying to bridge that gap. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You trash right back. Yeah. Which is funny. You know, I think about that whole arrogance aspect. And I think the problem with a lot of that is your intelligence is focused on some specific areas, right? Technology, the arts, things like that. But let's be honest, man, if if there's a major math problem and we don't have our phones to pull out the calculator, some of us can't even get change back from a restaurant, you know? It's just one of those things. You don't know how to carry the one. You don't know how to balance a checkbook. Like, if it's not automated, because so many things have been automated, we don't know how to do the rudimentary things, right? Think about even stuff that you're doing now as college kids, how often you have to YouTube something to learn how to do it. Where before, it's something that maybe you picked up and you learned from somebody else. Now, yeah, you have the technology to figure it out, but you still have to learn something that somebody else showed you to do. Um, so I, I do think that's fascinating. Uh, let me pivot a little bit in that, because um, we were talking about some personality things, and I mentioned this last week, the uh, mental health things that are going on with this generation. Um, do you feel, you know, chicken or the egg? Uh, are, is your generation more susceptible to mental health issues or less a, a less able to deal with mental stresses or are you more open about it and more willing to talk about it? And so it just seems like you guys have higher rates of mental health issues. Uh, For me, what comes to mind is like, while yes, we are kind of looking back, we are an arrogant generation. At the same time, we're a generation who cares very deeply about relationships and getting to know one another. Uh, So why do you think that is? I don't know. I just, I mean, I feel like I'm a testament to the gener- to to this generation. It's like, I love to get to know people. I love to ask questions. I love to just like figure out what makes people them. Yeah. And I, I, I really have no idea what it is. Like it could well, be. I, I think part of it is the globalization of the world. You're listening to TikTok stars in Sweden, right? You're watching somebody on YouTube in Japan. Like, think about all the stands for K-pop and how powerful they can get when they get on trolling. Like, it's such a globalization that when you meet somebody else, it's a whole world that's opening up to you in person. But uh, I cut you off. I'm sorry. I just thought that no, was you're an good. interesting that's, I mean, that's good. I mean, it answered why I didn't know. <laughs> uh, and so for me, I just think a big part of it is in, in building relationships in getting to know other people, you have to be willing to be open yourself. You have to be willing to uh, be vulnerable with people around you. And so I'm not saying that we are with everyone because I'm, I'm someone who keeps my feelings and like how, like how I handle things like very deep inside. Like I can focus on you, not on myself at times. Like I'll hide away my emotions. So that's not always good. And so we don't always share with everyone, but in building relationships and trying to get and trying to get to know people more and build like our friendships. Like, I just feel like we know we can go to those people. We know we can open up to them. We know that um, we'll be loved. We'll be like, we'll be uh, cared for in certain ways. Um, So to me, it's just, we're more willing to be open about it and more willing to uh, just talk about what's going on. Yeah. I think transparency is huge with your generation, which I respect and I love. 
I think you have an insane ability to see real from fake and, and you tend to not, not let people get over on you when they're being insincere or, you know, trying to be vague about that. Uh, but at the same time, you're talking about relationship and Hans, I'm wondering if you can touch base on this a little bit. Um, you know, I think you have millions of followers now on social media. You have thousands of people and, and we've replaced intimate, close relationships with thousands of acquaintances. Do you feel that's been a detriment to the overall interpersonal development of this generation? Because I feel like, and this is me speaking, so this is why I want to hear from you guys. I feel like more and more this generation, not everyone, but a large amount, is socially awkward, has a difficulty connecting with one another in person versus online. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny, this this generation, and I hold up air quotes, has the most uh, relationships, you know, that tend to be automated and just inauthentic. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why this generation is so desperately searching for answers and searching for connections, because even though people may have a thousand followers on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, um, they, you still don't have that connection that, you know, that, that just as humans that we need with other people. Um, we're just, we're not, we're not people that are meant to be isolated and people that are just meant to just kind of not have relationship. You know, we, we, we get married, we have kids, we have relationships in life and that's what make us who we are. And I think that's the biggest gift that God has given us is the ability to have true, meaningful relationships in life. Um, and I think because, like I said, you know, this may be the most social generation as far as um, the media goes. Um, but at the same time, I think that's why this generation goes running for, for and it's just craving the authentic uh, human connection is because a lot of it is, is automated, not real. You said it perfectly, like thousands of acquaintances, but not, not very many friends. Yeah, that's, so. that's, uh, it's interesting and, and sad, really, if you think about it. Um, so let me kind of lean into that a little bit. What do you feel is the church's responsibility to address that need? Where are we able to do good with that? And where are we maybe dropping the ball on that? Josh, what do you think? Uh, for me, I got to think. <laughs> um, I just think it's important that the church is willing to outreach and go outside of the four walls. Because mm. um, like, yeah, we're here on Sundays, but I mean... Church, church and ministry isn't just Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights. Like it's so Gen Z is not just going to walk through the door. Yeah, just cause. yeah. They're, I mean, if they don't feel like if they don't feel safe, if they don't feel welcome, they're not going to come. Like sure. they will go anywhere else. Uh, so I think it's very important that we're we as a church are willing to outreach and show the love of Christ and show His show His grace and mercy in every area of our lives. Just as we walk the streets, as we like as we just interact with everyone that we're willing to be loving, we're willing to give them our time, we're willing to uh, show them that they matter and that they're heard. Because I think that's another big part is like why we're looking for so many relationships, like Hans said, and you. Um, it's just like, sometimes we feel like we're not heard. Sometimes we feel like um, if we do open up, may maybe we won't be heard. And so it's just important that this next generation feels heard, that they feel like they do matter, that they do have worth beyond what this world says, beyond being the best at something or beyond um, getting the best grade on a test or being the best on the field or in the gym at a sport. Like it's our value, our worth is found in Christ. And this generation, I mean, that's something that they don't, not a lot of them understand because they've grown up falling away from that. Yeah. And so I just feel like it's important that we are 
a church outside of these four walls. We go out to show God's love in every aspect of our lives. It's big. I love that you said this a couple of times, the um, need to be heard. And I feel like this is a, a mistake that's repeated throughout generations where the previous generation has a difficulty listening to the next generation. Either we want to right away give you advice and say, cut you off and be like, well, here's what you need to do and here's how you fix it. And sometimes, let's be honest, we don't need the fix. We just need your ear. Yeah. Like, I, I know how to fix it. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know more than you, right? I've, I watched the YouTube video. But I'm still hurting and I'm still struggling and I just want somebody to listen to me. And I've had to learn this the hard way over the years to just, because I'm a typical guy, I like to fix things right away and to just shut up and let me hear what you're saying without offering you any advice. And then at some point down the line, what I find with Gen Z is when they're ready for your advice or when they want it, they'll ask you for it. But if you're not asking, don't unsolicit advice. Yeah. Like sometimes just shut up and listen. Am I right? Yeah. I think it's important to remember that no one's going to care about what you have to say until they know that you care about them. Yeah. Like no one's going to care the message that you speak. No one's going to care the lessons that you try to teach them or the things that you say until they know that you truly care about them and truly care about their heart and where they're going in life. Yeah, it's back to the yeah. authenticity thing. Yeah. Like, I want to know that you're for me, not for what you can get out of me. Yeah. What do you think, Hans? Yeah, Am I, I think, on that? Uh, one of the biggest things, and um, this is one thing my father always told me, and so um, everybody, every Christian is called to ministry. We all just find different ways of bringing in money. Um, and so, and obviously some people are called to ministry to end, end up making money in the process. But I mean, we're, we're all called to ministry in our own, in our own sectors of, of life. Yeah. And so I think one of the biggest things, like a lot of people are saying back home, people, they're always checking you. They'll always check you to see if you're, if you're authentic, if you're real. And I think, you know, for, for me and Josh, you know, if I'm, if I'm a Christian, I'm living my life for the Lord. And, you know, I worked, I worked at a restaurant over Christmas break. And, you know, so I got to make all kinds of relationships with people working there. Um, so in that sense, as Christians, I think we need, uh, we need to always keep in our minds that, okay, so right now, this, I might be the closest thing that they'll ever come to see a church. Like I'm, I, I am, I'm kind of that sliver of like, hey, this is, this is Christianity, but hey, more importantly, hey, this is Jesus, you know, and showing, and showing them. And so I think it's from that, it's from that angle, um, I think that uh, we're able to, to connect and get, and get kids in the church and and feel, and just like Josh said, I love what he said, you know, the, the ability to feel heard, you know, because um, like I said, that's one of the disconnects between the generations. There's one generation wants to talk because they've, because they've been alive longer, because they've got way more experience. Um, and so I think part of that is we, we kind of lack the, the feeling of, of being heard and just how important that really is because everybody wants to be heard. Sure. Everybody wants to be, wants to be seen, you know, people posting stuff all the time because they want, they want, Hey, this is what I think. This is what my views are. This is how I think about this, how I think about that. And so I think that's, that's for sure. One of the biggest things. Yeah. Really quick. One thing I like that you brought up is the idea of like, wherever you go, like ministries, whatever you're doing. So like a big thing that, um, a lot of people on my, I'm an RA at Evangel. So some things like I'm trying to talk with them about God and like trying to push them further along in their faith. And so one thing that not a lot of them um, have understood completely is the idea of wherever you go in life, like God is calling you to be like, to yeah. be an image of him, like to be like you are in ministry, no matter what, whether it's vocational ministry, you're on stage speaking, you're on stage presenting the word or you're, at a school, like as a janitor, as a teacher, or wherever you're at, like you are called to ministry, you're called to be the love of God. And so I think that's a big thing that the church misses out on is that 
this is the pastor's job. This is like his job to, to teach them about the Bible, to show them God's love. It's just my job to come here and listen yeah, and hear and then go back home, forget what happened. And then a few days later, come back mm-hmm. when really it's, you come to church to like, kind of like recharge your batteries to hear the gospel. Like, like I said, like recharge your batteries and go out to the world and like take what the Lord is doing in your heart, like in the church, but also privately in your own time with him yeah. and to share it with those around you, to be a true living light of the word, to be the hands and feet extended, yeah. like the word says. But yeah, so I just really like that you brought that up. You know, as, as I'm talking to you guys, I'm encouraged because I really feel like what you're saying is a reminder to the church that we got to give back to the basics of making disciples. That, you know, for a while in my generation before, we got away with just filling a room full of people, putting some lights on, putting on a good show. And the reality is the world can put on way better shows than any church can. Uh, And we can't compete with entertainment. And so, you know, that was never the goal. But authenticity, genuineness, uh, being real with people, vulnerable, honest, transparent, letting people see your life as you grow in your relationship with Christ. I just feel like more and more, it sounds like such an antiquated thing, but it's such a tried and proven method that regardless of the generation you're in, we all crave relationship. We all crave authenticity. We all want to be heard. Everything that we've been saying, that's discipleship. That's one-on-one, follow me as I follow Christ. And, uh, and I love that because that anybody can do. The 90-year-old or the 19-year-old can make disciples. And man, I love it. Guys, I'm just so grateful that you took some time to sit down and talk with us. And um, I listen, I wanted people to hear you. I wanted people to know what your voice is because I do love your generation. I do believe your generation has a voice, has a platform that no other generation has seen. And like you said, whether you're on the pulpit or you're in the classroom, you still have a ministry to accomplish. And so, man, I pray that each of you will continue to do what God's called you to do and that you'll inspire other young people to do what God's called them to do. And that, man, let's, get, let's make disciples. Let's raise people up yeah. to love Jesus, and let's be the example we want to see in the world. Thank you for having us, man. This was, this was awesome. Love yeah. it. Appreciate you guys. Well, hey, that actually is a wrap for season one of Compass Thoughts. Uh, I just want to send a few thank yous out there. Thank you, first and foremost, to Kirby and Jonathan, our media directors here at Belmont Assembly of God, for all the work that they've put in into making this whole thing actually happen. Also, special thank you to all of our guests who took time out of their schedules to come in and record with us. We're so grateful for your insights and just the great conversations we had. And listen, we look forward to doing this again. And so between now and the launch of the second season, If you have any feedback, any thoughts, any topics that you'd like us to cover, uh, again, this is just the labor of love. Uh, We wanted you to have a little bit of insight into some of the conversations we have here at church among our staff and among each other. And uh, again, some of these topics are things that we could talk about a little bit more in depth and conversationally that maybe we can address as easily from a sermon. And so we look forward to going season two. Until then, make sure that you subscribe and share. Uh, The more feedback we see, the more people we see listening, the more we know you want us to keep doing this. So help us out with that. And until then, God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next time.